0: This is Kate Mercer on the Go Well program. This week I'm talking with Dr. Arne Rubinstein, who is a medical doctor who began his career in family medicine before moving into emergency medicine for 15 years. It was seeing so many youth in trouble, which motivated him to leave and create programs to provide much-needed answers and tools to support both young men and women be more happy and motivated about life. His book, The Making of Men, has won multiple awards and Arne was nominated in 2008 for Australian of the Year for his work. He is now internationally recognised as an expert on childhood development and rites of passage. His programs have been attended by over 200,000 people in more than 20 countries around the world and are also in more than 50 schools around Australia. Good morning, Dr. Arne Rubenstein. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Go Well program.
1: Good morning, Kate. Happy to be here.
0: Let's start, first of all, uh, about you um, before we get into the rites of passage that you've created. Can you just uh, tell us a little bit about how you started or how you got into what you're doing? Because were you actually a, a doctor to start with, like in clinic?
1: Yeah, I was. My first professional career was as a doctor. I worked as a general practitioner for a number of years, and then I spent 15 years working in emergency medicine. And that was actually the introduction into what I do, because one of the things I saw was what I called the over-representation of teenagers coming into the emergency medicine department, having done often really stupid things that could well have an impact on the rest of their lives. And I realized that what they were actually doing was trying to create their own rites of passage, trying to create their own way of feeling and believing that in their minds they were uh, adults.
0: Wow. So that happened over and over again, and then you just had one moment where you just said, okay, well, I'm going to go out there and do something else. What was your sort of...? Um, well,
1: it, it, it happened especially when I would be working around the time of schoolies, and we'd have all these, you know, teenagers who'd spent 12 years at school and then gone to Byron Bay, where I was working, and then we're just getting, the boys were getting in fights or jumping off, you know, balconies, or the girls were getting drunk and then doing things that they would definitely regret for the rest of their lives. And it was like, what's going on here? How could we be doing this differently? And, And around about the same time, I got involved in some men's work. And I just saw that so many of the men that I was attending programs with were dealing with issues in their lives that it actually started when they were teenagers and, and they hadn't created healthy or the proper relationships with their own fathers or they had relationships when they were young and then those relationships had fallen apart. And there'd be no one to guide them there as they transitioned from boys to young men. And I just really saw clearly that if we could do something differently for the boys at that time of their lives around about 14 15 when they were becoming young men that that would actually have an impact on the rest of their lives and I saw similarly with girls actually and so in the early 90s we started running some programs first for boys uh, boys and men um, and then gradually that work just took over my life and I stopped working as a doctor and just started running rites of passage programs for boys initially and then girls as well full time.
0: Well, that's interesting because I was actually living in Byron Bay around then as well. And I remember the uncle project and actually I myself got involved with the auntie project in the early days is so is the uh, programs like the uncle project did they sort of inform you in the early days on how you were going to create what you have now created.
1: Well, the programs are related because a rite of passage is about recognizing and acknowledging and facilitating a transition of a person from one stage in life to the next. So, you know, my original area of interest was boys becoming young men and then girls becoming young women. The So that's a very important thing that those uh, significant life moments are recognized and acknowledged. And then the uncle and auntie project is about mentoring these young Mm. men and women. Mm. And I believe that every young man and woman needs people outside of their own family or outside of their own direct parents who can mentor them, who can support them, who can be there for them during those periods in their lives when there's a lot of uncertainty and they have a lot of questions. Uh, and when they can really go off the rails if, if things are not managed well. So the uncle and the auntie project work in very well with the sorts of programs that we create.
0: Yeah, I remember um, the phrase that we used to do, use was it takes a community to raise a child. Yeah, well, it does. And there is a point where
1: the parents are tearing out their hair mm. and can't actually deal with everything that's going on with their children and if there's not a community around, then what's going on in households all over the country, and in fact, all over the world, is really distressing. You know, kids, if I talk about boys, just first of all, boys are just in their rooms playing their, their video games, often violent video games or online or, or whatever they're doing, watching porn, all these different things. And then they sort of come out of their room and and, and they're already bigger than their mums and they're not talking to their dads and you know, the boys are sort of going around the house eating everything they can find. You know, and there's they they call them sort of monster boys. And, you know, unfortunately you can get to a stage where the boys are being verbally and even physically aggressive to their mothers who are potentially scared of them and, and, and beside themselves. You know, what's happened to my beautiful boy who used to cuddle me and you know, tell me everything that was going on in his life and all of a sudden in a short period of time that's totally transformed mm. into a situation where it's incredibly distressing.
0: Just heartbreaking. Um, really, I yeah, it's interesting to hear you talk it about is. Completely
1: it. Completely heartbreaking.
0: Uh, yeah. Um, can I talk can you just actually then talk about how you created the rites of passage in terms of The people who've been come before you, perhaps, and also yeah. So the history and development of the sort of work, or it's not you didn't start it from scratch. Your ideas obviously were people were obviously out there doing some sort of work, I guess, around the world if they weren't in Australia already. What was already existing before you created what you've got? Well, rites of passage have
1: actually been around for thousands of years, and it was the indigenous communities who having watched thousands of generations of families all decided that you need to do something for your boys and your girls when they transition into young adults. So they did it all around the world. And I I got into men's work with some men who became my mentors, men like Rain Van Der Root, who who ran programs in northern New South Wales and John Allen and yarrow starak and these men became mentors to me and and i was really looking for mentors so even though i was you know 30 years old at the time i realized that i hadn't had mentors in my life we started running some programs for fathers and sons we didn't even call them rites of passage at that point and then someone started talking about rites of passage and i Started looking at rites of passage that had been in communities all around the world, and what we found was that these rites of passage were all done in the same way. They all had the same stages, even though they were done differently in different communities. The actual stages were the same. In that, when I say the the stages, that the boys or girls who were due to go through their rite of passage were all separated from their from the normal community and day-to-day life. They were then taken away and went through a transformational process to create a shift from child to young adult. And then they would be brought back into the community as young adults, where they would be treated as young adults, but they would also have the responsibility of young adults. We did a whole research into understanding the stages and the elements within the stages and then said okay how do we bring this into a modern context like we're not living in it's not 200 years ago in the desert or in the jungle or in the the mountains where you know we're here in Australia in uh, you know 2000 when we started running them and how do we take those stages but make it appropriate for the communities today and that's where it all started and since then it has definitely Uh, taken over my life i have to say
0: it's such a valuable thing that you're doing incredible things so so when did you actually start those programs did you say 2000 was it uh no well
1: actually the first programs we ran were in 1994 so that's about 25 26 years ago that we first started running programs Uh, And then we found other men around Australia who were doing similar things. And we got together and started and we were amazed to find that we were running them in a similar way, following the framework of a rite of passage. And we kept on learning more and more about rites of passage and learning more and more about how to make them appropriate today. And then it's just grown from there. And we've set them, you know, we've set them up all over Australia. And in about sixty schools around the country, and twenty-five other countries around the globe, and you know there's a huge interest because people are really recognising we have our, we have a problem. We have huge uh, issues with mental health around teenagers, risk-taking behaviours, family breakdowns, and and we need to be providing something for our young people so that we support them to become young men and women who are empowered and and who are going to make a positive difference in the world rather than being angry or withdrawn or depressed or any of the other things that we are tragically so often seeing in our teenagers.
0: I'm actually just thinking now of the process. I remember reading a bit about it uh, when I was up in Byron Bay and you were doing some of that works. I don't know how much of that you can share if it's a secret men's business. But the actual process is there. Um, do the do the boys actually buddy up with their father, or ha- do they have a man with them? How much can you share on that on the actual work yeah. itself? Well, it's actually
1: not secret business, or okay.
0: certainly not secret
1: men's business. I, in fact, want to make it completely public business. Right. And, and right. there are many ways that it can be done. We often run our programs with fathers and sons, or or, or mothers and daughters, but we can also run programs without the fathers or the parents. There, there is a good reason for having the parents there, in that they both go through a rite of passage. And I have to say, I've now come to believe that life is like a staircase and and we we move up the steps. And each step Mm. represents a new stage in life from child to young adult to grown up, maybe we become a parent, a grandparent. And each of those stages are different from the one before. And each of them should actually be a rite of passage. And that when a child is stepping up to become a young adult, Their parents also need to step up and go to the next stage, Mm. Um, and and so it's not just the child going through to the rite of passage. It's actually, in truth, everyone in the community, and all of us are Mm.
0: always
1: either on a step Mm. or moving to the next step.
0: That's a fantastic description. That's a really I really relate to that personally. Actually, you can you can really apply. I apply that to my own life in terms of uh, just. uh, keeping on realising your own potential, you know, you're just going, keeping up, keeping, you keep going up.
1: Yeah. And look, I don't know how old you are, Kate, but I'm 56. So my rite of passage now is moving in towards elderhood. Mm. You know, I don't consider myself an elder yet, mm. but at some stage I possibly will be. And that is a, you know, that is a shift mm. and it's a shift in my fundamental way of seeing the world and thinking. As the way a child sees the world is different from how a young adult sees the world. And how a young adult sees the world mm. is different to how a parent sees mm. the world. Yeah. Which is different yeah. to how a grandparent and how a true elder sees the world mm. and their role in the world. Mm. And so the elements that are always common to rites of passage, which are not secret business, is the sharing of stories. Mm. So when we can get, for example, when we get, you know, teenagers with, with people who are older, whether it's their parents or other elders, and we share stories. So we don't tell them how to live their lives. We share our stories. And when the, when the you know, if I'm talking about a father and son program or a mother-daughter program, when, the, when the, the, the teenagers get to hear the stories of either their parents or other parents or, or elders that's where they learn. So we'll get the, the adults talking about what it was like for them when they were the age of their children and what was their relationship like with their own parents mm. and what were their successes and failures and you know what were the big things that impacted on their lives. And, and the, the teenagers will sit there for hours listening because they want to know what it's like to be an adult. Mm. They want to know this stuff but they just don't want to be told how to live their lives. They wanna hear the stories and then work it out themselves. So we share stories on our programs. We create challenges because the the, the kids need challenges. And if we don't create challenges for them, they'll go off and do their own, which can be a big problem. We get them creating a vision for how they wanna be in the future. What sort of adult do they wanna be? And included in that vision is what behaviors do they need to let go of from their childhood if they're gonna become that person. And then the the final thing is their own spirit. And so we spend time recognizing and naming the gifts that we see in each of the young people and the the genius and the talent that we see they have. And that is a hugely important process for any young person to go through, Mm. to be seen and to be honored, recognized, admired and loved Mm. for who they are and what they bring to the world.
0: Just absolutely amazing. Incredible, Anna. Thanks for describing all of that. Um, And you're doing this all in a bush setting most of the time,
1: is that right? Ideally, ideally. It doesn't have to be done in a bush setting. Uh, You know, it's about following the framework, but the beauty of a bush setting, especially if we can remove mobile phones and electronic devices, is that people are present and it's what I would call a non-polluted environment. Mm. You know, if you try and do this in in a place where there are phones ringing and there are TVs on and there's advertising and, you know, all these things that take people away from their essence and who they actually are, it's much harder to do it. What we're saying is that periodically people, everyone periodically needs time out to really look at who they are, what they're doing with their lives, who they want to become, how they can be the best person they can be and what they need to do that. That's it.
0: <laughs> Amazing, well, that's it. There's a lot in, in that. Uh, so you've got, in terms of the programs that you offer, have you actually got a range of different programs within the Rites of Passage created?
1: Yeah, we do, we do. So um, our organization, the Rites of Passage Institute, We have the the father-son programs for 14 to 17-year-olds. We also support mother-daughter programs for a similar age. And then we do junior programs for 7 to 11-year-olds. We do weekends, father-daughter weekends, mother-son weekends, uh, parent-child weekends, uh, which are very powerful. Um, And we've now created a series of online programs, uh, which we're calling Transformational Parenting. We've developed a, a, what we say is if we can do get back to good common sense parenting and at the right times celebrating and acknowledging the major transitional points in our children's lives, that will make a big difference. So transformational parenting mm-hmm. uh, is about, you know, acknowledging that each of our kids are different, making sure we spend one on one time with them and, and find something we all enjoy doing you know teaching the 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 young ones to actually think for themselves teaching them you know basic 21st century life skills those sorts of things and it's been very very well received because one of the things i've been astonished to find is how many parents are struggling and and how much parents really appreciate getting good common sense support
0: mm. so we've got
1: a series of online programs And I also do a lot of um, Rites of Passage leadership training. So one of my passions is to teach people the Rite of Passage framework and how they can be creating Rites of Passage in their own way, in their own communities. And those programs or those leaders now have set up and created programs all over the world. And, uh, you know, the aim is to make Rites of Passage mainstream, to make them normal again. So yes, we've got a lot going on and people can find out information at our website, the Rights of Passage Institute, rights spelt R-I-T-E-S, the Rights of Passage Institute.
0: Yeah, fabulous. We'll look after uh, this goes to air and actually while we're promoting it, we'll certainly include the website and everything for you, Anne. Um, I did um, want to close. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We don't have much, too much time, but... I do recall um, a while ago I was just so impressed when um, the different industries you're actually rolling this out to and one of them was um, that you worked with the police force for a while. I thought, I always thought that was amazing.
1: Yeah, we, we, we did do um, work with the police force, which was, you know, very powerful and the, and the police force are very much involved in the community and, the you know, the police force, you know, they, they get unfortunately get a lot of bad press, but they're also doing a lot of really good things and they have things set up like the um, PCYC, which is there specifically to support youth at risk. And, and we, we actually taught them the, the right of passage framework and they've taken that into programs that they're running with the, the young people. And it's, it's been a you know, really great success.
0: Well, look, thank you so much for coming on the show. As I said, again, um, thank you so much for doing what you're doing. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this area. I don't think uh, have you have you brought the program up into regional Victoria before? Uh,
1: there's work happening in Castlemaine. Is are you in Castlemaine?
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Yeah, there are there is a group doing work in Castlemaine.
0: Great.
1: Um, yeah, and and yes, there are different places around Victoria where the work is happening.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think anything that we can all do to help you with it to, to so that more people find out about it, I think. It's, it's interesting, I was just uh, talking to a friend of mine the other day at the markets who had a young girl and uh, and uh, it came up actually about the auntie Project that I mentioned earlier that I was involved with and she said, oh, God, I could just do with any help, please, you know. So I think yeah. everybody, um, we all know, but it's about... Um, Connecting those dots between parents and parents and their kids, and uh, like I, I could be be an auntie. I don't have children myself, you know. So connecting up those people. So
1: if people want more information and they and they and they come on our website and sign up to our transformational parenting page, we'll send them a free copy of our ebook on how to parent teenagers, and it just gives some really good practical support for parents. So if they come to our website, they'll see it on the on the home page and, and we're happy to send that uh, ebook out free to them.
0: That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much again for joining us, Dr. Arne Rubinstein from the Rights of Passage Institute, the Rights R I T E S.
1: All right. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me on and for what you're doing.